Hi, folks. Tom here. Before we begin this episode, I just wanted to let you know that the deadline for the MedTech Innovator program is closing on March 31st. If you are the CEO of a privately held med device company and you want to pitch at the upcoming Device Talks Boston event, you need to go to medtechinnovator.org and fill out an application by March 31st. Go to medtechinnovator.org. You'll get all the information you need there. And please, please, please apply before March 31st. We'd love to see you in Boston. All right, you ready for this? Ready. This is Tom Salemi. Welcome to this episode of the Device Talks Weekly Podcast. I did say last week that we wouldn't have an episode this week, but I had an, uh, an opportunity to speak with Yuri Lebed. He's the CEO of Pharmaxi LLC, which is a CRO. It's a CRO based in Ukraine. And uh, I spoke with Yuri about his experience, about his uh, evacuation of his from his home in Kiev and uh, the move to Lviv, where he's now located on the western part of the country, and about uh, how he's enduring this invasion, how Ukraine is enduring this invasion, and uh, most amazingly, how he's working to keep clinical trials operating in Ukraine, how hospitals are ready to resume trials in the western part of the country, and how uh, regulators in Ukraine are uh, promising to act on submissions. So, Really a, an inspirational story. Uh, once again, I had the chance to speak with Yuri and uh, didn't want to uh, let the opportunity slip by. So I, I hope you'll enjoy this conversation. I know you'll enjoy or at least appreciate this conversation. Uh, and I'm really grateful to Yuri for, for taking the time to share his story. And uh, actually, I found it to be uh, quite uplifting and uh, hopeful. And with the rest of you, I'm hoping for a, uh, a quick and peaceful resolution to this invasion. So thanks, Yuri Lebed, for, uh, for joining us in the podcast. Before we begin, I did want to remind you, we'll be meeting at Device Talks Boston on May 10th and 11th. You can register for that at devicetalks.com. You can see the agenda, the speaker lists, everything on there. Also on devicetalks.com, you can find the speaker list for uh, Device Talks Minnesota, which is happening on June 6th and 7th. If you want to register to one or both of those meetings, uh, please use the code DTW, stands for Device Talks Weekly, DTW25, and that'll save you 25% off the registration price. All right, no more delay. I'd like to uh, bring in Yuri Lebed, the CEO of Pharmaxi. Well, Yuri Lebed, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for the invitation. So normally, we'll start our podcast interviews asking someone about their career, their long background, and I want to get into that in a second. But I'd like to understand, maybe you could give us an account of the last three weeks for you, with obviously the invasion by Russia. It's a horribly disrupted life in the Ukraine. What has your life been like for the last three weeks? Okay, so I would start from the beginning, and I would say that finally within the last Six months, we've uh, started really good, good progression, and uh, we've had many new requests to our CRO, uh, and we hired many people to clinical operations, to data management department, uh, and uh, it was like a very, very good time when we we started really good growth in the past six months, and uh, starting from the early January, uh, there were 
rumors and news that the Russians focusing and concentrating uh, military forces along our borders and there is a chance that they will invade but it is not the first time during the past six years when they try to um, to blackmail us to to make some pressure on us or on Europe and uh, personally I, I was thinking that now Ukraine is much stronger than eight years ago when Russians invaded to Ukraine I cannot understand any reasonable idea and any win that can be achieved by Russians, by Putin, by, by them. And I was thinking that it is only emotional pressure. And I didn't believe until the last day that it will really happen. And my friend called me 23rd in the evening and he asked me, uh, Yuri, what do you think? Maybe you have to relocate right now with your family. And they said that, no, I don't really believe that it will start. So I'm really uh, relaxed and nothing will be happened. But I woke up in the morning 24th uh, when uh, my wife told me that war is started. And then I heard explosion uh, somewhere and it was long distance missile rocket which hit electric station nearby our house and uh, it was a stress and then uh, we tried to define are we in in a safe position or not and uh, until 6 p.m i was trying to identify where will be the safest place will that be my house or we have to go somewhere uh, and then I decided to relocate to uh, to Lviv and uh, then we will have big problem uh, trying to to find fuel because many cars started towards western border and the uh, gas stations were empty my first task was to understand how to find the fuel in this situation and uh, I decided that I have to go to Kyiv from my city but not out of Kyiv and you know because everyone tried to go out of Kyiv gas stations were empty and no one goes to Kyiv this situation and it was a clue when I found uh, fuel and then I've got fully packed by fuel and then I started my way uh, towards to Lviv and I've spent 24 hours driving to Lviv instead of seven hours it's normally seven seven hour trip normally seven hours so yes. it's 24 because of just the traffic just the <laughs> yeah yeah traffic jam and uh, they were created several roadblocks and it was a huge traffic jam uh where where these blocks were located wow you were based in in kiev and moved to safety in the western part of the country in lviv what has your life been like in Lviv? What you're in the again the western part of the country? Are you encountering any of the of the invasion or the war at this point, or are you still hearing things and are they still feeling an impact from from the invasion? The biggest uh, discovery for me was that when rocket hit somewhere around, I lost the feeling of the physical safety, and this is sure. very very special feeling. You know, it is a pressure on my mind. And you cannot think about 
different things. Uh, you, you cannot have a rest. And my friends told me that they cannot sleep. So it, it, is, it is vital. When we transferred to Lviv, it was like relaxed time. Uh, we hear uh, somewhere here sirens, but uh, nothing destroyed around and now shops are opened and crowded streets here so the life is almost as usual in western part of ukraine and the, the biggest thing here is is that here i feel physical safety and i can sleep well and i can work productively all the time so it is a basic level of of the emotional balance to operate efficiently and i'm realizing as i'm asking you these questions they sound i've never interviewed someone in your situation before uh, in a country that's been militarily invaded so when i ask a question it sounds almost like one of my normal questions i ask about someone's business but i mean of course you're feeling an impact from from an invasion in your country so it's unbelievable to even talk about so let's talk about your company Talk us a bit about your, this is where I normally would ask someone about their, their career. You're CEO of Pharmaxi, a full-service CRO. How did you get into the uh, sort of the clinical testing business? How long have you been in the life sciences business? Uh, you know, I'm a medical doctor. And when oh. I graduated medical university, I decided to go to the scientific like fields, and I I decided to go to a scientific career, and I've made my PhD thesis in diabetes mellitus. After that, it was a big decision because in Ukraine, scientists are not not well paid, and many young PhD students and PhD uh, people with PhD degrees they immediately relocate to Europe in order to get good salaries. But I decided to build something in Ukraine 15 years ago. I stayed here and uh, I created a company which was focused on IT solutions and we have developed IT solutions. And uh, then we created electronic data capture system for clinical trials. Mm -hmm. And uh, eight years ago, we launched for Moxie as EDC focused or data management centered clinical trial company like CRO. Uh, and uh, now we can make clinical trials from, from the very beginning. And when client approach to us and say, we have this product or medical device or this drug, and we have this goal and we have nothing, and then our experts uh, try to understand the product, uh, develop study design, synopsis, protocol, and we unfold this project to full scale mm -hmm. to come to the final final uh, result uh, and MDR registration of, of the pro medical product in Europe or, or somewhere else. So it is our um, like general idea. Uh, when client approach to us, we say to them, okay, we will manage everything. Mm -hmm. And then we will manage subcontractors, uh, logistic partners, storage depot, custom brokerage company. So we would like to give them everything from one hand. And do you operate exclusively within Ukraine or do you work in other countries as well? We operated uh, exclusively in Ukraine, mm -hmm. but now we register company in Poland. 
and uh, we will launch for Maxi Poland uh, in order to deliver our services in EU. So can you identify uh, clients that you work with? If you can't give names, I'm not sure if you can. Can you at least tell me, are they larger medical device companies, larger pharma companies, smaller companies? What does a typical client of Pharmaxi look like? You know, we, we have uh, several projects with big pharma, Sanofi, Takeda, mm-hmm. MSD uh, are our clients. And uh, we also operate with medical device company and uh, one big German company provided to us their rapid test for COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And we create everything in Ukraine, starting from study design development, uh, site selection, data collection, final study report, development, everything. And this device was successfully registered in Germany. Uh, So we have uh, this experience. Unfortunately, they do not allow us to say the the name of this company. But yes, we we have this experience with, with big medical device company. We have many projects with small startups. When company invented something, medical device and then they know nothing about regulatory framework uh, about clinical evidence uh, about technical documentation so in many cases medical device industry and startups they do not understand the whole complexity of regulatory framework in this space we provide them consultancy we provide them some kind of gap analysis in order to understand what you have to develop within their technical documentation or preclinical or clinical documentation. And uh, yeah, in the end, uh, our goal is to provide them everything to be registered, but registration is not our focus. So we start from the idea of the clinical application of the medical device the end point is that when we provide clinical evidence and clinical documentation. So are you working with individual hospitals and medical centers that are running the trials? Are you sort of the one on the, the, the feet on the ground, the, the people in the room, ensuring, you know, overseeing the, the clinical trials in the, in the clinical settings? Yeah, yeah. We operate yep. as yep. a conventional CRO. Okay. So okay. We, we select sites. We perform monitoring, data cleaning, and uh, training for study sites. And we organize this range of different uh, vendors uh, providing logistic services, storage, insurance, and other things. So what impact has this invasion had on uh, your ability to, to perform trials? And the biggest impact on-site activities. Uh, so clinical study sites or hospitals do not want to continue in in many cases. Sure. Uh, Sure. But fortunately, during the last week, uh, several study sites informed us that they are ready to go and they're ready to continue. These study sites are located in the western part of Ukraine. Mm -hmm. They feel safe and everyone in Ukraine uh, now knows that Russians will not go to to the western part. They have not enough uh, forces to to block Kyiv. They have problems on eastern border of, of Ukraine. So western part will be not definitely interesting for them. And here life became more closer to a usual, usual pace. For us, the fact is that sites try to be more active and clinics try to reactivate study sites is really beneficial. 
Wow, that's remarkable. I mean, I live in an area where when we get snow, everyone sort of gets all nervous and, and fidgety. And <laughs> <laughs> to be able to operate, keep things at a normal level when all that is going on is remarkable. So what impact, how are you adjusting your company? You mentioned the registration in Poland. Was this something you were planning to do initially or are you safeguarding against, God forbid, more disruption within Ukraine uh, that you want to have sort of another presence where you can continue to operate? Truly speaking, I was thinking about uh, presence in EU, but I haven't found any good and solid arguments to start this procedure. And uh, when we start communication with our Western clients, Canadian, US clients, it was not a problem for them to operate and uh, to cooperate with Ukrainian company. And uh, I haven't seen any any reasonable uh, arguments to register legal entity in EU. But now I think that it is a very good risk mitigation strategy because clients continue to ask us, guys, could you really provide us any guarantees that you will finalize our current trials in Ukraine? And uh, we can say, no, we trust that everything will be good, but we cannot guarantee that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we propose them, guys, we will open up a company in Poland, and then uh, on-site activities uh, will be linked to uh, Europe, to Poland, and uh, it will be a guarantee that we will finalize this project so we can continue. Fortunately, clients are really flexible and they do not stop their projects and they say, okay, if you can manage it, why not? We can use data from Polish study sites. Have you had to, I imagine you've had to halt some some trials that you were working on? Yeah, several trials are on hold yeah. uh, and clients are now waiting for the resolution and for the improvement. Uh, but it was very interesting talk with one of our current sponsor. Uh, and for uh, this is a study for multiple sclerosis investigation. We were really close to regulatory submission in Ukraine. And to our surprise, our regulatory authority says that we can continue. And not, yes, we are located in Kiev, and Kiev is bombarding almost every night. Yeah. But we're ready to make submission, to make expertise of clinical trial documents. We can go as always, maybe not, not so fast, but please, you can make submission. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. They're heroes. They're heroes. Yes. I informed our sponsor that we can make submission and they said that, but we don't know how the situation will, will be improving. Uh, but I said, we will have 60 days for initial submission and additional 30 days for uh, some answers to the question uh, arose from the regulatory agency. So we will have 90 days and uh, I suppose that everything will be clear uh, in, in the three months. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, how should medical device companies or medical device executives who are hearing this who have trials to run, what would you tell them? I know the post that I saw on LinkedIn, the suggestion was that you had bandwidth to take on new projects that Pharmaxi was moving forward strongly. I mean, are you finding it difficult to find new companies that will sponsor trials or are you finding people who are interested in continuing to work with you what what is the challenge you're you're facing and i guess how can folks listening sort of 
help you if it if it fits their strategic whether or not I guess it fits their strategic objective. The miracle is that now I can establish new connections much easier than before. And incredible support from from Western world and uh, this openness and uh, everyone wants to support somehow. And it is incredible because when I try to establish new connections two years ago, it was a big problem because everyone is busy and it is not the priority. And this is like a wall. But uh, today, many people are open. And uh, now I would say that I have several vendor evaluation procedure and several companies started evaluation of us to provide them medical writing, statistical services, and data management services. We can do it remotely, and uh, they uh, now qualify us. And we even uh, listed uh, top three activities which will be requested soon. And it is incredible. So I think that we will start uh, several projects in, in this direction, and it will really stabilize our company. And I hope that once we will create Polish legal entity, maybe we can start communication with with the industry and with sponsor about full-scale clinical trial. Hmm. How big is Pharmaxi now? Uh, 30 people. 30 people, all, all in Ukraine? Now, 25 are located in Ukraine and uh, five of us relocated to, to Europe, but we are now connected and... Uh, Every morning we have uh, stand-up calls and in order to understand where we are and do we have good working space, we uh, suspend our activities within first four days of the invasion and then we restarted our projects and now we are fully operational uh, because COVID-19 accommodated us to, to a decentralized operations. I was thinking that that you're, it was uh, an unfortunate sort of practice run to to learn how to work. we all learned how to work remotely and and not be in the office. So I'm sure it prepared you at least for that part of of this. The perception we have here in the West is that everyone's basically has dropped what they were doing and they're involved somehow in the effort to to repel the invasion. Is that a misperception as to how involved? I mean, you have a company, you're running it. You have people who are running it with you. You're saying life seems to be somewhat normal in Lviv. People are still living their lives and moving forward and living, it seems, as normally as they can and keeping businesses running and keeping life going in a, in a somewhat normal fashion. Sorry, it's a long question, but again, yeah, this, is a, this is a new topic to talk about. How involved are most people in the defense of Ukraine? One man, and actually it is our IT guy uh, who developed our uh, electronic data capture system. And uh, he was called to the army, and now he will be fighting with, with a rifle for, for Ukraine, you know. So one man is, is there, and uh, two people from our company, they uh, joined to local territory forces. And it is also good joint and good forces which uh, really stabilize country in, in region when regular big army are not, not coming. So it is. It is very also very supportive for for our resistance. I would like to say that uh, some of us are working in in a in a safe and quiet place, but several people stays in in Kiev, and uh, uh, they they just work 
they create some intellectual product when they hear fire bombings and uh, uh, artillery shots. This is now sounding around Kiev because uh, Russians are now uh, 30 kilometers away from Kiev. That's amazing. I mean, just uh, as you mentioned, the pandemic, you know, we all sort of had a concern for others. Every time we talk to them, you want, you know, I hope you stay healthy. I hope you stay well. This is so much more serious than that. I mean, to, to know that when you're talking with a colleague in Kiev, I don't want to go too far to the round, but, but you must have it on your mind all the time that they're in danger or at least potentially in danger. Yeah. 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 So how can the medical device industry outside Ukraine sort of help? We have conversations on the podcast. We obviously contribute to humanitarian groups, but speaking as a business owner in, in the pharma and the medical device industry, I guess, what would you like to tell those outside that are the best ways to, to support your efforts and the efforts of others in the life sciences industry in Ukraine? For our company, the big support uh, originated from the society. And uh, in my LinkedIn, I never saw this this reaction and uh, hundreds of commands and uh, uh, hundreds of private messages when everyone says, guys, whatever you need, uh, if you need relocation, if you need household for, for your family or, or apartments or everything, I, I have no uh, separate apartments, but I have two rooms in my house and I'm ready to propose it to you, to your employees. And I got many, many uh, requests from different countries, from Germany, from Spain, from Italy, from Belgium. And it is really supportive. And one employee of our company, and she is our quality manager, uh, and she re relocated to Germany and she has no space to live. After that, uh, our partner from our Pharmaxi Partnership Network uh, proposes us to, to provide their, their home. It was really helpful for this family and it is vital for them. So this support is really, really important. And now we have started conversations about practical collaboration about our involvement in, the, in statistical tasks for medical devices, for clinical evaluation plan and report. We are communicating with several companies who, who would like to support us and where we can provide good services. And I would say that our Ukrainian rates are significantly lower than, than European rates. And uh, here I I can I'm looking for win-win interaction when we provide good services for reasonable prices and company will will get good product or document. Had you had you considered leaving the country at all? Uh, no, I think that I have to be here uh, until the end. You mm -hmm. know and. Uh, Legally, I cannot cross border right now, but uh, right. from my from my internal feeling, now I am focusing on the company, and I would like to keep company as an operational unit, and I don't want to you know, to fire anyone, and I have to make more connection with companies, reactivate current projects. So I have to do many things to stabilize company. But uh, if uh, they will go to 
uh, to Lviv and the Russian will be uh, everywhere. I will forget about company and I will fight with Russians uh, because it is it is our independency and uh, it is it, it is a, a biggest call for for all of us. And uh, fortunately, we have many many brave people, uh, and uh, they uh, they died uh, already, and thousands of soldiers. I suppose now now died in this war, but they stopped uh, Russian invasion, and they have no chances to occupy Kiev, and they have no chances to um, to destroy our independence. And this initial plan of Putin to put someone like a puppet to to president chair and to manage Ukraine from the Moscow. So this dream is not valid anymore. And this is because of the uh, brave people and obviously because of uh, Western support and those 20 aircrafts with weapon, with javelins, with in-law from Great Britain. It was essential to stop hundreds of tanks which tried to, to occupy Kyiv. Final question. I mean, it sounds as if we all obviously are hoping for a quick ceasefire and withdrawal and the ability for Ukraine to rebuild itself. I mean, it sounds as if you've got through all of these connections and outreach that going forward, you feel that your company and, and I guess your country, I would hope, will be in a position to to grow back better than than you were. You have a lot of the tools and connections you need to recover from this. Yes, yes, I think that that we we continue our current projects. We create a rescue plan for for them to involve uh, and to enroll new patients in in Poland. I believe that we start projects to load our medical writing, statistic, and uh, data management department. So uh, even now, when we have twenty six days of the war. I can see that we will be stabilized. In the end, I suppose that we will be even stronger than before because we will have a presence in EU. Uh, and uh, when we will propose our services as Ukrainian CRO, it will be a completely different story. And uh, uh, Ukraine is now on top of the mind of, of, of the all civilized people uh, European people are thinking about us, uh, and uh, I hope that Ukraine will will have more brighter future than it was before. Well, that's a, an amazing statement. You are constantly in our in our minds, and, and uh, Ukraine is in our in our hearts. We're following what's going on over there, and really hoping for for a quick resolution and uh, an opportunity for Ukraine to recover from this and to to build back. So. Really, I'm grateful for the time you spent telling your story, Yuri, and uh, thank you for appearing on the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for your question. And uh, I feel this empathy and uh, it is really provokes a really deep, deep thinking and feelings in your mind. I suppose that, yes, this is the very unusual situation. Yes, maybe we will try to say to the world that even in this hard uh, situation we can stay we can be positive and we can believe in the in the bright future very well said thank you yuri thank you 
All right. Well, that is a wrap. Thank you again, Yuri Libet, for joining us in the podcast. As I said in the interview, it was uh, really surreal to be talking about invasions and military forces uh, when I'm usually talking about market sizes and, and technologies. So uh, I'm really glad, though, I had the chance to speak with Yuri. And uh, as I said at the top, I found uh, the conversation to be uh, hopeful and inspirational, and I hope I hope you did too. So uh, thank you to you all for uh, for joining us in this episode of the Device Talks Weekly Podcast. We'll be back next week with uh, Chris Newmarker and his Newmarker's Newsmakers. We uh, should have a special guest in the booth with us. So uh, looking forward to uh, to that conversation. Finally, uh, don't forget Device Talks Boston is happening May 10th and 11th. Device Talks Minnesota is happening June 6th and 7th. Go to devicetalks.com to register for either. And uh, you can use the code DTW25 to save 25% off the registration prices. Finally, please do share this podcast on social media. And when you do, please uh, connect to me. I am on Twitter at MedTechTom. I am on LinkedIn, Tom, S-A-L-E-M-I. You can also connect with my co-host, Chris Newmarker. He's on Twitter at Newmarker. And uh, on LinkedIn, Chris Newmarker, as in a new marker. So please do uh, share this podcast episode with your colleagues and contacts. Please do connect with us on social media. And please do subscribe to the Device Talks Weekly Podcast channel. And please do subscribe to the Device Talks Podcast Network. You will receive future episodes of the Device Talks Weekly Podcast of the Intuitive Talks podcast. In the next episode, will come out on Monday. I pushed it back a day. Uh, so we had uh, room to send out device talks. And you'll also receive our newest podcast, Striker Talks. We have uh, one episode that went out. Uh, we'll have another one coming out in a couple of weeks. And again, subscribe to Device Talks. It's available on every major podcast application. You can also subscribe to Medtronic Talks so you can receive future episodes of the Medtronic Talks podcast. We just sent out an episode of the Medtronic Talks podcast this week. So you can find that again on all major podcast players on devicetalks.com. All the podcasts are there. And uh, you can also find these episodes on uh, respective company pages on medtronic.com, on striker.com. So uh, we're out there. I hope you're enjoying these podcasts. And thanks again for uh, joining us on this episode of the Device Talks Weekly Podcast. Mm-hmm.